Look, I've got it. Have we started? Yeah. <laughs> I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> Look at that. That is history in front of you. You're not even looking. Look. What am I looking at? This. Uh, oh, yeah. That mi little microphone. Yeah. Hold it. There we go. You are holding... Um, of course, this is radio podcast, so you can't really see it, but uh, Kevin is holding an RE15, which is an Electra Voice microphone. Actually, I've got a bit of film here. This was held by... Um, Looks like a hand grenade. It, <laughs> don't say that. Um, Hilary Brown. Let me play a bit of video. I can actually play this back through the, through the desk as well. Um, this is Hilary Brown. So she wouldn't have been holding this microphone then, 1975, but this is the kind of person that would have been... Holding that, that, uh, that An undisclosed number of soldiers were wounded and killed. The communist commandos seemed to fire at anything that moved on and around. I the want to say if you reckon, if you if you notice something during this film. Newsmen and women who were foolish enough to get themselves so caught it, in the crossfire. So there's, there's people crawling across the road. This is this is Saigon. To be, unless something happens very quickly on the political front here, there's every indication that the Battle of Saigon may be about to so begin. So I think that's a cameraman that's rolling well, across. And this is this is Hillary. Look. Units who are 500 yards away. No more. This is the closest the fighting has ever... What, what are you seeing that I'm seeing? Since the communist offensive uh, in I know which and I never said it was a hand grenade. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, look, look at her attire. Look what she's wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No no bulletproof jacket. No. Hillary used to walk into war uh, as, a, as a journalist. No bulletproof jacket at all. And this is her microphone? That was one of her microphones. The one she actually used? Not in that particular film. I couldn't find one with that. But uh, from um, Beirut and stuff like that. That microphone was held by her and a, another guy called Pete Jennings, mm. um, ABC anchor, very famous anchor. And uh, so there's a bit of history on your hand. That, that to me, feels as much history as Don McCullen's um, Nikon F that stopped a bullet for him. Yeah, no, I totally agree for audio type people. Um, so this has come from Phil, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I, I made a promise to him it would never go on eBay. Mm. No, Phil Payne is a ex ABC News engineer. engineer. Yeah. So he's uh, he's lifted some stuff. Well, you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd, like, his to, way I'd like to say that he <laughs> borrowed that, really. Um. The Fujicast. Hello. Uh, welcome to the Fujicast. Uh, this week, thanks to our friends at Simpler Straps, uh, we're going to be giving away more military-grade rugged camera straps. We can't promise that they've been used in Beirut, but they are rugged. And we're sending those to our favourite email questions of the, uh, the week. Um, Competition-wise, remember that all the competition answers are still on the website, www.fujicast.co.uk. We haven't dumped it as such, but we felt after last week's marathon um podcast that it didn't it didn't we didn't really need to have um a particular theme anymore do we really no well, well yeah because the questions absolutely. bring the themes to us yeah we were pigeonholing themes in yeah that's, so that's the way we talk so about the questions it. really are, are, the, are the themes but there will be the self-indulgent minute of course as usual um oh and today's guest now this is going to surprise a lot of people that um uh, that are that are fuji film shooters um Today's guest is a Canon ambassador and um, a wedding, um, Canon's wedding ambassador, mm -hmm. Sanjay Jogia. Yeah. Jogia. Jogia. Sanjay. Very good friend of mine, clearly. Yeah, no, no. Well, very good friend of both of ours. We both know him very well. I think I knew him before you. Yeah, well, you knew his surname, He's obviously. He's my friend first. Yeah, was he? <laughs> <laughs> You're claiming him first. But I, I had whiskey with him in the whiskey vault thing. I know you've done that before uh, me oh, as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he... Loves his whiskey. I think the first time I had whiskey with him... I, I offered to buy the first drink, which I did, yeah. and it was £75 a glass. <gasps> yeah. So I never drink whiskey with him anymore. Sanjay has very expensive cigars, whiskey Cigars. The cigars were... I don't, like, I don't smoke, so... £100 each or something. No way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good evening, though. He yeah. knows all the best joints in London, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, don't say that word. Um, okay, so uh, do you want to le leap off with the first question? Yeah, okay, first one is from Rob Gray. Uh, I think this one came in yesterday, and uh, it's something to do with simpler straps. Where in the UK can you buy the simpler F1 strap? And the answer is, I believe, you just go to simplerstraps.us, 
Uh, or is it simpler.us? Simpler.us. Simpler.us. S-I-M-P-L-R, by the way. .us. .us. And just order it online. Yeah. And uh, you pick your country and ship in and all of that kind of stuff. Um, the people that are winning the straps, and there's been a lot of them to every episode, they will um, go through exactly the same procedure. Yep. And we send them a fetch code, essentially, and they Super. just send it directly to them. So that was from Rob. There's another part to his question, though. Um, in fact, there's three parts. Uh, at Kevin, when you double-shoot a wedding raw plus JPEG, how often do you actually resort to editing the raw file or do you often work with the film simulation JPEG? You know, I meant to ask this of you last week because you mentioned JPEG and raw and I was thinking, okay, which which disc is he using for the, the edit? Yeah, so I do shoot both yeah. raw and JPEG um, and actually right now because I'm using two different sensors XT3 and XPro2 I'm actually mostly editing from the raw files um, but the workflow's slick the presets are slick it doesn't take me long at all I mean, if I... Uh, I think I've said this to you before, Neil. If it takes me more than I don't know, kind of four or five hours to edit a wedding, then I feel I feel yeah, hard wrong. done by. Um, and you know, whether I'm using JPEGs or RAW doesn't really make too much difference now, speed-wise. Um, mm. I have got a new supercomputer, which is like <laughs> whips along. I know. Um, so importing, rendering, all of that stuff is is instantaneous. Your 4K video coming out of your XT3 is just is, is like cutting through butter, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely Amazing. crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. It takes, to render a uh, 4K video from YouTube, if it's a 15-minute video, to render it, you, on my old computer, it used to take about two and a half hours. No way. And now it takes 12 minutes. It's it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Do you know, in years to come, if this podcast is being listened to in 30 years' time, they'll mm. be saying, how many, how long for a 4K video? It only takes point something of a second. No, they'll probably be saying, what's YouTube? <laughs> That's it. What's 4K? <laughs> what about hologrammatic? Um, and there was one final part to mm. Rob's question. I shoot manual exposure with auto ISO limited to 3200. What do you find gives the best flexibility when shooting weddings? Aperture priority to concentrate the focus or shutter priority to manage movement? Now, I'm going to be a little bit... uh, Actually, most people know this anyway, but the best flexibility, if we're talking about flexibility, the best way that I find to shoot is in fully automatic. P mode, as Sanjay would call it. Yeah. Or in Fujifilm World, everything on A. A mode. Right. Uh, auto aperture, auto ISO, auto shutter speed. And then the only thing I have to worry about is looking, seeing, watching, waiting, the camera. So you, know? you, don't, you don't shoot aperture priority like most people choose to shoot. It is. I, you know. I, I, I mean, if I'm shooting, I would say I shoot a half of the day in P mode and half the day in aperture priority. What about controlling that fall off and the depth of field and things? Or? Well, that's when I, if I need to use aperture priority, I'll switch to it. But mm. other than that, that's it. Auto ISO, I set it uh, 1 125th minimum, uh, 12,800 ISO. Happy with that. Um, you know, it, it, it's really interesting because I remember a long time ago, um, sat at the bar at the SWPP conference. And so it, you actually, it, actually remember those moments? This, this was, yeah, it was earlier in the day. Yeah. This was, um, uh, I don't know, I was still shooting Canon, so this would have been 2010, I reckon. Right. And uh, I had a Canon 1D Mark IV, okay, which was this big. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> we're on radio, so, uh, you know, it's it's it was huge. It was a large camera. Big camera. Yeah. Brilliant camera. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant camera. I know, I know Sandra uses the, um, the newer versions of that now. And it cost something like four and a half grand when I bought it. It was expensive. And I sat at the bar and I had this camera and this guy sat next to me, a very well-known wedding photographer at the time. And uh, he said, oh, you've got a 1D4. I was like, yeah, yeah. He said, what settings have you got? And I was like, "Uh, well, JPEG and P mode. (laughs) And and seriously, he he was like, I was like, what's yours? And he was like, oh, fully automatic and, you know, raw and blah, 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 which is fine. And uh, he said, I can't believe you spent four and a half grand on a camera and you just use it in P mode. Mm. And I was like, well, I can't believe you spent four and a half grand on a camera and you don't trust it to do anything that it's meant to do. Very good point. And, you know, I know for a fact know that the R&D, the cost of most cameras, mm. the majority of what you're paying for is the processing engine, the capabilities, the, the fairies that are peddling very hard inside the camera. <laughs> and a majority of people ignore that. And, and you know, I'm not, not, you do need to know how to shoot manually. You need to know how to use your camera, of course. Mm. But, you know, in the heat of the battle, so to speak, at a wedding or whatever, street photography, 
why not let the camera take the strain? Yeah, absolutely. You know, why yeah. not? Um, so to answer his question, most flexibility for me is uh, P mode, A mode, whatever you want to call it, and followed up by aperture priority. I very rarely use um, shutter priority unless I'm doing a slow drag. Maybe the uh, the waiters bringing the food into yes, the room or something. Yeah. I want to get a bit of motion. That's a shot I stole from you. I like that one. Well, wait, I, think I, coming I think I got Did it Did you from, steal that? Yeah. Paul Rogers, I think, was the first okay. person I Don't saw. Don't tell him, though, obviously. No, no, He doesn't no, need no. to know. He won't be listening. No. Well, not unless the Sony crew have started joining in as well, mm. which is great. Everybody's welcome here. Everybody's welcome mm-hmm. here. Um, talking of um, uh, of P mode, do you remember? Um, I think we were at the same talk. Joe Busink, where he was asked that question: "What do you shoot in?" And he said, "P." He said, "P for professional." I know what it was like. Just this morning, or maybe last night before I went to bed, was on Instagram, and Joe put a picture up, and the only comment he put in the text was "P mode." That was it. Interesting. Wow, yeah. this is. Yeah. Yeah. And why not? If it works, why not? It's like being in a. It's, it's like it's like being in um, uh, an episode of the Twilight Zone. This conversation. No, 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 no. I've got uh, a quick little thing here from Lee Glasgow. I read on Fuji rumors that Neil and Kevin were having a bromance. Is that true? <laughs> well, no, we're not. But you get the smart ass of the week. There we go. Yeah. Lee's just jealous. He is. He's jealous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna file that <laughs> thank you lee um hello this is from bartek Witek. um hello lovely people first of all thanks for your hard work and dedication um your own work as well as the podcast joy to watch and listen to thank you um i have so many questions um you'd have to use the whole episode to answer them but uh, uh we'll, we'll have a go from what i gather kevin is a camera bag guru would you mind speaking a little bit more about your recommendations so let's deal with camera bags first Wow, camera bag guru. That's I've always wanted to be known as a camera oh, bag guru. Now you are. Success, finally. Um, I don't know whether I'd say guru, but I have a lot of camera bags, that's you for do. sure. Yeah. Um, my favourite one is the one I have here right now. which That is, one's not available anymore, is it? We well, talked about this a couple of weeks well, ago. Well, the Filson bags are still available. Yeah, but not that model. The uh, Magnum branded the ones, Magnum one, I don't yeah. think, are. Oh, yeah. so Special I've, edition. I've got the David Allen Harvey Magnum Filson uh bag and it's great and it, it's i love it to bits yeah. it's fallen apart a bit now but it's 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 awesome you know really good um and then for my uh other bag my other main bag is a domkey d-o-m-k-e oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. d-o-m-k-e i don't know Domka. i have no idea the model or anything i've had it i i bought that camera bag in right back in the beginning right. so it's been around and it's it's in a much better condition than my Filson bag. That's it's a real photojournalist uh, bag, that one. My, my friend Giles uh, used those in the British Army when he was uh, touring uh, Iraq. Yeah. Um, doing doing that particular, I think it was Iraq one that that campaign. And um, again, he let me have that bag. I love things like that. I'm, I'm pointing like he's there. It's in my 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 bag cavern. I've still got it. Good although, old Giles. Oh, that has literally been bitten apart by moths now. But I, I hate bags with Velcro bits in the middle and stuff. I have yeah. a, an, an unhealthy hatred of Velcro. Right. Um, and those compartments and everything. So I just pull those out. I get rid of all of that. So the, bi- the big donkey bag mm. is basically a big hole. Um, and I think you mentioned that um, Jane Bowen used to turn up with a carrier bag. <laughs> she did, yeah. And, and I reckon that's the way forward because... Tesco bag. Yeah, because all my cameras are just chucked in yeah. and rattle around together. Yours aren't... There's no compartments in yours. You don't... There was. So you rip those out as yeah. well? Yeah. It's yeah. literally just an empty... It's just a big hole. Receptacle for cameras, isn't it? Yeah. No wonder they're all beaten up and scratched. And... <laughs> maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe that's it. But I can't... I can't... I just don't... I, you know when you sometimes see people put their bags on on the internet and they yeah, show yeah. their their yeah, kit, yeah, yeah. and and you know I totally get it, I totally understand why they do it, but they're all perfectly placed and they've got lenses in their little spaces yeah, and stuff. And here's my look: microphones go in there. It's yeah. very simple. Why don't you just get rid of all of the stuff? All well, of those because then you wouldn't find it. You would. It would be easier to find. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, I'll do it for you later. I'll no. pull, it, pull it all the velcro. You're not going anywhere near my bag. <laughs> Um, right, second part. Perhaps you have some suggestions. Oh, no, he's done the favourite bag. Oh, they'll fit two Fuji camera bodies and a few lenses. So um, a small donkey or however you uh, Yeah, well, it's not that it. small. It's uh, it's hard to explain. It's it's a biggish yeah. bag. But, um, yeah, so the donkey. And, but actually, you know, the, I suppose part of the problem is I do only throw in a couple of cameras and a yeah. couple of lenses. Yeah. So they do rattle around pretty lonelily in there. They do. I mean, you rattle when you walk along. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's just my back. What about lens pouches? Do you use those? Uh, no. No? No. No. Okay. 
Um, another question about camera straps. I know, Neil, you are a fan of Peak Design straps. Would you mind uh, talking about those and um, offering some options from uh, user expertise, perhaps a little bit more detailed info as well about the alternatives, such as simpler straps? Now, of course, we, we do give away simpler straps, but this is an open um, forum here, so we can talk about other stuff too. And, yes, I'd be delighted to talk about Peak Design. I think they're a great strap. Um, I think slightly more f from from my perspective of having used them with DSLRs, I think, well, am I right in saying the Peak Design ones are slightly heavier duty than the simpler strap ones? I've never used them. Okay. Um, I'll soon be put right on that by by JP if that's wrong, won't I? Uh, Alan. Alan will be in touch. Well, Alan yeah. Gump, yeah, he'll, he'll soon tell me. Um, but, yeah, the um, they, you know, they both do the same sort of thing. What I like about Peak Design, what I like about simpler straps is that you can have something where the camera comes apart from the strap in just a couple of seconds. Mm -hmm. And that's really good. And that's really good for filming. And the reason why it's good for filming is because sometimes you can extend mm. um, the strap and, and have a, another point of contact. Mm. So it, it's almost like using a stabiliser. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, use it, I do exactly the same thing on the street. So I'll, I'll, I'll shorten the strap a little bit and pull yeah. it down. So it's, if I'm shooting from kind of chest level, yeah. then I can, I can stabilise against that as well. For me, the simpler straps I think are they're very simple to connect. They look they look good, but they're not they're not blingy. They're not no actually yeah that's not hipsters. yeah you're right you're right you you're know, right that's yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean there are various colors of course, but you know I I I, I think that simple effective that's yeah. all you need. Thank you, Bartek. Right, next one from Kev. Uh, okay, so this is from Chris McSherry. Um, hi, guys. Is there a way to sync up fu uh, Fujifilm cameras time-wise? So when I drop all the files into Lightroom from two cameras, the photos are all in order of time taken. Uh, sorting files as capture time in Lightroom doesn't change anything for me. It is still separating my X-T3 and X-Pro2 files into separate bundles of images. Mm. Okay, so there's a couple of things here. One is that I, myself, and many people have, have requested from Fujifilm for many years the ability to sync times between cameras. Yeah. It has to be possible now with Bluetooth and the wireless technology and everything. Um, but you can set the clocks. You can set. You the just clocks. can't set the seconds set in the Fujifilm cameras. Yeah, and uh, and that's that's actually really important. It's something that I really want them to to sort out. So be able to set the seconds in the camera is easy enough because then you just press the, uh, the the menu button at the same time when the seconds are reset. And you're good to go. But I'm, I'm assuming if you if you just uh, say you set up for 11:42 on one camera, 11:42 on the next one, press OK, and they both start from zero zero seconds. Surely they do. Yes, they do. But you sometimes you want to make sure it, it's critical, and sometimes you press that button one second after the other or the other, you know. And so if you could set physically see the seconds, um, and also for filming and stuff like that, sometimes you need time code to be be more accurate. Yeah. Um, you can use um, uh, the like you can sync it via your phone using Bluetooth these days. So if you have the um, Fujifilm remote app, you can use that to sync the time to your phone. So if you have two cameras and they both have the um, Bluetooth enabled, you can sync the phone to both those cameras and it will take the time GPS from your phone. Okay, so you can do it that way. Failing that, if you have got to the point where, I remember when you and I shot that wedding in September, um, my, for some reason, my camera, mine, not yours, was set to 2017. I have no <laughs> idea why. It's because you throw your bag, your camera's in the bag, and I, I buttons are pressing all sorts of other things. I subsequently think that all my weddings for the last <laughs> 10 years have been the one year out. <laughs> and it was only when I shot with you that I realised that. Oh, so sorry about all that. of your images were like right at the end. Right. Um, but so I use Photo Mechanic. Is that why they were discounted? <laughs> That's right, delete them all. Um, no, so Photo Mechanic is great. Like Photo Mechanic is brilliant for culling and sorting out the images really quickly. But also you can you can sync the times there. So simple. You can do it in Lightroom, but it is a bit of a fiddle. Um, Photo Mechanic is the way forward for that. I, I, you know, I, Photo Mechanic is like a hundred dollars or something, and, yeah, and it's yeah. it would be the first piece of software. I use I Photo Mechanic as well. Everybody yeah, gets it's perfect, perfect, mm -hmm. perfect, perfect. Mm -hmm. That would solve all your problems. Yep. Well. Yeah. Well, not all of them, but but mm -hmm. most of them. Right. Should we do a self indulgent minute? Then we'll have uh, we'll have Sanjay. So you got your 
Your file of self-indulgence. I have. I'll grab mine. Uh, this is from Express Bro. Express Bro. Such cool names. Express Bro. Express Bro. Uh, great podcast for anyone interested in photography. Love Neil and Kevin's podcast. I'm a Nikon shooter. Nikon. But I do have Fujifilm X100S. Uh, but it doesn't matter what system you shoot with. This podcast both in- entertains and inspires. Hey, Kevin and Neil from Stuart Chambers. Catching up on the podcast. Definitely uh, up for a listener walk in Brighton. Hopefully there will be lots of interest in you can get this going. Thanks for the time you put into the podcast. The, the Brighton thing is looking more likely now, I think. September, yeah. September. Thank so, you, Stuart. This one's from Essex Baz. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I bet his name's Barry. Many thanks to Neil and Kevin for producing a very honest and informative photography podcast. You always have great guests, many of which I have already followed on YouTube, etc. However, it's always good to get uh, introduced to people I have never come across or followed before. Please keep up the good work. Um, this is from, I think we may have had this one before, Modog. Do we have Modog? So many people in the photo education market, professional workshop givers who call themselves photographers or are hawking some kind of product rather than actually making a living doing photography. Neil and Kevin. Uh, are, are real life people as well as w- worth your time to listen to I trust what people say about gear and business a lot more than somebody who's mainly a reviewer by trade yeah I guess so I mean we do actually go out there and make photos mm-hmm. so, uh, right lots of them this week's guest um, is a Canon ambassador and I, 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 I thought about doing this and I, I I know we talked about it, and you know we're not entirely brand agnostic on this on this podcast. I know that, I know that, but but equally I I want I wanted this really to be a forum, and we both want this to be a forum where uh, people of all flavors, camera flavors, can can partake because there is this thing, or there used to be this thing called a community, didn't there, Kev? Hmm. Yeah, it's still there. Um, and yeah, like I said, you know, we both know Sanjay very well, and just because he's a cannon shooter doesn't mean mm. he's not a friend. Sanjay has done enormously well in the in the in the last well last two years, I think, to get on board with the, with the Canon ambassador. Yeah, he's kind of exploded in the last two years. Oh, massive! Yeah. I mean, his yeah. work is amazing. It's not at all like myself and Kev's. It's um, int- although it's, he, he, it's good. He, he, <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Um, but, I mean, he knows. He knows how to pose somebody, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, his pictures are beautiful, yeah. like really beautiful. And and uh, he's uh, he's Asian himself and works predominantly in the Asian market. That's right. And so they are very much geared up towards that kind of. These fine are mammoth art gigs portrait. as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big old weddings, always abroad, shoots everywhere. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, the the best thing about Sanjay is he's nice. Yeah. He's a nice person. You know, and and that's that's what the community element of things should be about. Uh, you know, we get we get a little bit of negativity, but mostly positivity in the industry. And uh, he's one of those positive lights. When I when I sent him um, a message yesterday, I said, "Are you around?" Um, he he said, "Oh, hi, Neil. How are you?" Yeah, I am. I'm in the UK, if that's what you mean. Because <laughs> generally, of course, yeah. <laughs> he's always abroad, isn't he? Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So here's my chat with Sanjay Jogia as he became a Canon ambassador. Before we launch into the questions um, that I've got, Sanjay, congratulations on uh, on the ambassador role at Canon. Terrific news. You, you deserve it because you you've worked you've worked your socks off not to get that ambassadorial role, but but just to, to build your brand and build your imaging. I mean, it, it must be one of your proudest moments, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's one of these things I've I've worked, not specifically toward an ambassadorial role as such, um, although, you know, it was something that was on my radar, but mm. just working toward achieving a certain level of um, expertise and, let's say, excellence to be recognised by you know what what is the biggest brand in, in photography are you actually trained as an architect didn't you i so, am yeah yeah so so, so you're not you're an, if, if all else fails you can go back to architecture I, well, you, you, don't, <laughs> you don't need to but but you're very quick to point out that actually that architectural um qualification that knowledge is is, is really important to the way you photograph isn't it well having three key interests one has always been photography and I, it's just because i grew up with the whole kind of um environment of photography and i've always had a fascination with buildings and architecture yeah. and I've always had a love for cars and specifically car design as well. So <clears throat> I sort of saw three routes forward as a, as a, as a kid and uh, photography was just always there. You know, I, I, I loved taking pictures, but even through the architectural training, uh, I used photography for my presentation techniques and that sort of thing. And, and your dad was a photographer, wasn't he? Well, he wasn't a photographer actually. He, he he was kind of a 
he was a keen photographer. He wasn't a professional photographer. Oh, okay. He used okay. to work in Kodak. Right. Uh, so that there, I was going to say there is, but there, there used to be. It's, it's, as we speak, it's being torn down, this huge factory in Harrow. Oh, yeah, it's a shame. Down for to make way for you know residential and retail and leisure and all that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, if you just go to Google Maps and you look at the size of the site, it's so big it had yeah. internal street names uh, between the buildings. It was wow. absolutely massive. And I worked there as a student when I was at university. But you know, it wasn't until I started photography professionally that I realised that actually my journey. It felt very deliberate, but I just didn't know about it at the time because, you know, as you said, the, the architecture just had a massive influence on, on what I do. And I studied architecture at Bath. and It's a very technical university. So, you know, the great thing is it's a real balance of creativity and, and technicality, which, funnily enough, is what photography is about. Yeah. You know, it's a real balance of the technical side and the creativity. The course at Bath being so technical meant that we, we learned things like acoustic engineering, which kind of goes hand in hand with my love of, of music and yeah. you know a bit of an audiophile as you know yeah <laughs> um, and they they also taught us lighting engineering so i learned about the science of lighting for architecture but before i knew it you know it, it was going to play a massive role in my in my photography and my photographic style it just fit perfectly like lego it was amazing and architecture i would say is about light and surface and texture and composition and aesthetics and beauty uh and funnily enough that's what photography is about too yeah. so yeah you know, it's, it's been an interesting journey and i you know i can really draw on on, on those kind of parallels and yeah. you know you would, again just going back to the architectural training and the design side of architecture we we were taught to form a concept before we launched into designing a building. And I, I treat my photography in very much the same way. Even the photojournalistic side of what we do, and, and most of what people see of my work is the kind of the really stylized posed work. And that's probably because I actually find those the hardest to do, and I think most people do. And the reason I say that is because when it comes to documentary and the photojournalistic side of um, wording photography, it's the moments are handed to us, the, the energy, the emotions, mm. it's all set up for us. We just have to be alert enough, sharp enough, um, and engaged visually and emotionally enough to do those moments justice photographically. I'm a big proponent of your shop window, if you like, in this case, a website saying within seconds, what kind of, of client that you're looking for. If, you, if your documentary shows something that tugs a heartstring, perhaps, um, uh, shows you as a storyteller but when i when i look at your site uh, mm. and and you've you've i suppose you've just been talking about that the st the stylized stuff versus the reportage and we'll come back to that but when i look at your site it just shouts discerning client it it's high end it's aspiration there's a lot of cars i can't yet afford on there sanjay <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> but, I wish those cars were mine. Um, but <laughs> but th this is all part of the plan, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's the case for most people, isn't it? We we begin down a path that there is some sort of plan when we begin down a path, and that plan develops and it evolves. Mm. Um, you know, when you realise that, you know what, I, I can actually do this, and I, I really enjoy doing this, and I love doing this. We made very deliberate moves from the beginning to... Um, service the high end of the industry and try to understand what that meant which meant that obviously with our website we had to make sure that people can see that and, and get that get oh, that oh, sense yeah, of what yeah. we're about in the beginning so it's really yeah. for me it's it's great to hear that you can you know you can see that the moment you look at the website yeah straight um, straight away it's aspirational but here's my take on it and, and here's our take on the kind of fancy and reality thing um weddings are aspirational themselves, yeah. which is one of the reasons we play on this a lot. There's a there's a huge reality element to it, which is the wedding itself. You know, it it takes a path, it takes a course yeah. throughout the day, and you know, these are all the things that I mentioned earlier on. You know, so long as you're engaged emotionally and visually, um, and you, you know, you obviously take care of all the technical stuff in the back of your mind, and you you know, you can just pay attention to what's going on, and you know, be able to form a narrative through the day that. That reality element, the documentary element, the reportage element, it, you know, forms 95% of the day, because that also makes up 95% of the of the album. Mm. And you know, we're in we're in this as a business. It's not you know, all of us as photographers, as certainly wedding photographers, we rely on all of these things, including the album um, sales and album up sales, 
So we've got to do a really good job in terms of making sure we tell that side of the story. And as you say, you know, with, with Indian weddings, it's, it's very colorful. There's lots of energy. There's lots of drama. There's lots of emotion. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's lots of beauty. There's amazing outfits and jewelry and, you know, henna art and yeah. decoration. And Big it's time. just loaded yeah. uh, visually. And uh, I think we would be remiss not to uh, take advantage of that, you know, in terms of the, the storytelling and the narrative and show a different side of it. And, you know, anyone who knows anything about the Indian culture knows that Bollywood is a huge part of yeah. uh, a huge part of the culture. And if you, you know, if you watch one of those movies, you'll see it's visually loaded. It's yeah. aspirational yeah. Um, and can be quite philosophical here and there as well. But the imagery is absolutely beautiful. Part of part of my approach is, I would say, influenced by fashion and art. Um, you know, And when you bring all of that together, so you bring the, the kind of the fashion, art, um, elements of the visual styling with the re- reality side of it, you end up with the sort of imagery that we create. I, I've got loads of questions here, and I'm really looking forward to We've set a date, haven't we? We've got a date in the diary, Sanjay, for, for I'm going to come to your to your studio. I want to see that place. Um, yeah. uh, and we're, we're going to do a longer interview, and I'm going to get really in-depth in, in about your style and the business and, and the brand, because these are all uh, these are big questions, and we're going to do an hour-long podcast special for, for that one. So I'm going to leap a little bit here and come into the ambassadorial role. Um, the desire to be an ambassador for a brand these days seems to be a massive draw for, for photographers. Yeah. And I, I know from... Kevin's uh, own association with with Fujifilm, that he gets a great deal of personal mail asking how you become one. Um, yes. I think you're you're both proof, him with Fujifilm, you with Canon, that this is far more than simply being given something. You, I heard it described today actually as as as, as a bit like a marriage. You don't just go and. Um, and get married you have to date first <laughs> you have to court each other you have yeah. to find trust um there has to be and this is important for you because you you haven't um you haven't danced with lots of different brands you've you've been a canon um well you you you're almost a canon enthusiast yeah. since since you're since working with your dad in the factory yeah and and that's important <laughs> isn't it that's important absolutely i mean yeah, marriage. That's 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 a nice. I like, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> you got a uh, date first. Yeah, absolutely. Because you also have to work at it. It's you know, it is a two-way relationship, and it's give and take all the way through. I grew up shooting with Canon. My dad's Canon A1. I taught myself photography with that. So I grew up with a discipline of photographing with film and understanding how the camera works and understanding how film works, understanding how to develop film, which you know, kind of teaches you to be a little bit more patient and slow down and anticipate shots and understand the technical side of photography, the exposure triangle, but then yeah. there's also something else which I call the image triangle is, you know, the, the balance of um, emotion, technicality and concept. And when you see a brand like Canon everywhere, it was in my household. I'm a big Formula One fan, so I used to watch F1 and yeah. Williams team had Canon all over their spoilers and all over the side of the car and they used to s- sponsor certain circuits. Um, I just constantly saw the brand and by association, you, you form a trust with it, you know, even though you, you may not have used everything else the the brand does and it was always there. And I kind of learned to learn to trust it. Do you get a chance to get involved with, uh, R and D? Um, do they, do they trust their ambassadors to, to come up with ideas as well as just test what, what they've made? I think that's part of the marriage and developing that trust, isn't it? I mean, I, I've been an ambassador for a year. Actually, just to, to finish answering your previous question, in terms of how I became an ambassador, Canon have been watching me. They've been watching me for sort of, well, six or seven years before yeah. they invited me to be an ambassador. So, and, and I think that's the key thing. Yeah. There isn't somewhere where you can just go and fill in an application form and then they consider it. They, they invite you to, be, to apply. And even then, they invite several people and then they go through a a process of you know weighing up the pros and cons who, who's who's the best fit for the brand who best represents the brand and its values and and who's the best person that you can actually form some kind of longevity with in terms of that marriage and that relationship so that that's sort of how that happened it wasn't as though i was actively knocking on their door saying 
choose me please um it, it doesn't it doesn't work like no. that um i'm really looking forward to doing the longer interview with you i'm really looking forward to getting really in depth about the the brand and your photography i'm going to ask you one it's going to be a geeky question to end with because i think you should always end with a bit of a geek fest so go on give me give me the canon body that you use in preference over everything else my kit bags plural are filled with 1dx mark twos yeah um they just do everything you know it does what it says on the tin yeah um and lens and lens uh, the lens okay. okay i'm going to cast you uh, the desert island discs thing i'm going to cast you on a desert island yeah you're there for a year yeah. we have to give you a lot of batteries aren't we um, yeah. I'm not sure we can plug in a battery charger into one of the trees, but um, but okay. What what? So I know the body you're going to take. What lens are you going to take? That's really tough. So this is um, this has got to be a good all rounder lens. So it's going to come down to 2470 or 7200. 2470 or 70 to 200. Yeah, it's, yeah, it would literally be a coin cost between the two. Go on then, toss a coin. Oh God. Um, <laughs> Do you know? I I know what I, th- I I know the one I think I would take out of that. Yeah, I, I know yeah. both those lenses. I've used both those lenses. I think I know which. I'm not. I'm not. I won't say until you said it. But I think I know which one I would take. Okay. It, so I find myself in this not the desert island the situation, but uh, on holiday, if if I'm forced to take a camera with me, and uh, Ross says to me, "Well, you know, take a body and a lens," uh, it'll be a 1dx and a 24 to 70 yeah so, yeah that's that i thought you'd say that and i think that's going to be a better length for storytelling on that island yeah sandra i'm so looking forward to having a longer chat with you really i am and um and and well done congratulations on the on, on the ambassador role it's been i can't believe it's been a year <laughs> I, I can't believe it's been a year i know, Where did that I know. Year go? so much has happened in that year Where did well. that go all those air miles you've done as well but yeah well, but i mean you know sort of literally at the beginning of my journey um i'm involved in the launch of yeah. you know a completely new you know a, a new system before, yeah. a paradigm shift yeah, in, yeah you know in, in what's happening across photography with, with mirrorless you know canon launching their own mirrorless system mm. is not a minor launch it's the mark of the future. Uh, sincere thanks to Sanjo Jogia for spending his time with me and recording that interview for uh, the Fuji cast. And if you'd like to hear the full edition that we were talking about and referencing within this podcast, then that will be the Breathe Pictures, B R E A T H E, Breathe Pictures podcast, uh, where he'll be appearing in the, in the next couple of months. Now, next week on the show, Kev, it's uh, Ralu Chase. Now, you might be saying, but who is Ralu Chase? Or you might not be. You might have seen Ralu's website, of course. Um, but uh, Ralu won a competition probably about a month back now, isn't it? To, to come beyond the show, ask a load of her own questions, um, and. Um, and also do some mentoring. So yep. looking forward to that. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I met Ralu, I think, at the TPS, I think. TPS. Okay. And, uh, yep, very nice, very nice work. Um, good, worthy winner of okay. the prize. So that, that reminds me, we should probably do another six. competition soon. We should. We haven't, we've, we've been giving the simpler straps away like mad, which is fantastic. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, ha- we'll do another competition. We still have loads of those to go as well. Yeah, we've yeah, still yeah. got like another oh, 30 yeah. straps. <laughs> a box of those yeah. straps. So uh, if you haven't won one yet, don't worry. Yeah. There is a chance. On that note, please do be sending in your questions to click at fujicast.co.uk. Click at fujicast.co.uk. Can't tell you how important they are because they really are. I know I say this every single week, the lifeblood of the show, but they are. Uh, there wouldn't be a show without your questions. Well, there'd be two blokes just having a chat. But, you know, every, but I think your questions make it much more interesting. Every time you say that, the mm. lifeblood of the show, it reminds me of... Uh, do you ever see the show Miranda? Uh, With Miranda Hart. Oh, yeah, no Miranda Hart. Yeah. And I don't know, know her, but... Yeah. It's great. My kids love that program. Yeah. And uh, her father has the... Um, I don't know who he is. He's a famous actor. But the, on the Christmas episode, mm. all he ever says is... If that black ice turns, if that ice, if that gets, oh, I don't know, if that ice gets cold or something, it will turn to black ice, and it's an absolute death trap. And the way he says it is exactly the same way as you say <laughs> it. Right. It's the lifeblood. I need to come up with a new saying. 
Right, questions. Get back to your questions. Um, you go first, Kev. Go on. Okay, so this is from Stephen uh, Bodiato, I believe. Right. Kevin and Neil, first up, uh, thanks for keeping uh, funds for creating a great podcast, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. My question is more for. You're a- so funny. You never read out the full sort of. Um, I know, I know, there. I know, but but they they all do that, which is great. And I, know, I appreciate I know. it, but. Um, okay, so so you're Kevin almost embarrassed by by <laughs> by anybody giving you some some credibility for your work on a podcast. First, go on, Kevin. okay, go on, do it. I'll, do I'll, re- it. I'll read it all out. Do then. it, Kevin and Neil. First of all, I really like Kevin and don't like Neil. It's <laughs> 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 no, that no, no. guy that said I spout rubbish again, isn't it? <laughs> no, first of all, thanks for creating this great podcast. It always brightens my day after a hard day at work. Keep up the great work. My question is more for Kevin. I believe you shoot weddings primarily using natural light and no flash. How do you handle party scene type receptions after ceremony where it's in a dark dance floor type location mm. and not much natural light available? Do you use flash in this situation or just rely on Fuji's low light ISO capability? Well, I think I mentioned it before. I use the automatic. No, that little light. Uh, the little Illumimuse Illumimuse right, okay. Illumimuse yes Manfrotto Illumimuse 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 yeah Illumimuse light um, and you use the five or six bulbs six, one, six, six bulbs bulb. yeah very very small fact, there's one here I think tiny uh, cheap you charge it I charge it once a year and that's okay. it it lasts for the whole season yeah so much very light bright. they're so bright very bright yeah. so if I need to I'll use that but I would prefer to not use that if at all possible mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that's it yeah I don't really I mean I do have flash I, I, I have the Godox uh, same one that you bought was yeah. it Godox thing Godox yeah uh, <laughs> Godox and uh, <laughs> I've, I've never used it uh, it's, it's just there I is it actually in your bag underneath no. all that stuff no no. Is it even in the car? No. 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 Where is this? Is it still in its box in your house? Yeah. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that the, the Illumimuse, is, um, it gets used you know, substantially, so I love that. And right. actually it saved my bacon at my yeah. last wedding I did. Right. I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but the wedding I did a couple of weeks ago, they had... I was speaking to the DJ before the first dance, and he said that this venue, um, where was I? I was in Hampshire somewhere, had a sound limiter installed by the council. Mm. Okay, so it was in the middle of a, a um, like a, a village. DJs hate that, don't they? Well, I'd never seen one before, and, and I said, "What does that mean?" Then he said, "Well, if it goes over eighty decibels, yeah. all of the power goes off That's in right. the entire it building. Just stops. The, yeah. Yep, including the lights. Oh no, everything. Really? Yeah." And I said, well, that doesn't sound right. That, I said, 80 decibels doesn't, doesn't sound loud either. And he no. went, no, it's not. Yeah. And he, he, he played a record and he just pushed it up to 80 decibels and all the power went out in the entire, we were the only ones in there at that point. Everything went out. All of the lights, everything. The only things that were left on were the emergency exit lights. Right. So I was like, hmm, well, that's not going to be much fun for you, is it? <laughs> anyway, so fast forward a little bit. They're about to cut the cake. They've pulled the, the cake onto the dance floor. Uh, he's, you know, the, the, the house lights are up, etc. And uh, he's done his little uh, DJ Dave introduction, you know, and oh, welcome, bride and groom. We're going to cut Dave. the cake. And um, and I'm, I'm prepared. I'm, you know, the light is good. I'm, yeah. I'm ready for it. It's, yeah. all, it's perfectly normal ambient light. And then somewhere in the back, uh, one of the guests shouts out something like, stab him instead or whatever. Oh, something the, really the old loud. knife joke yeah. with the wedding cake. Yeah. All the lights went off. No. Everything went off. No. Every, pitch black. But they carried on cutting the cake. So luckily... Or cutting had, through their hands. I had my Lumimuse in my pocket. I pulled my Lumimuse out, switched that on really quickly, and, and, and got the shots. Light. Yeah. Yeah. Did everybody give you a round of applause? Well, everybody got their iPhones out and started using my light, of course. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, they, they just carried on. Uh, and it was, it the, was really The only weird. thing I will say about this Lumimuse, so I'm going to shine it at you now. So there's three settings. One, two, three. Third being the brightest. Right, I'm shining that at your eyes. And you've done exactly what I thought you would do. You've closed them. Mm. Isn't that sort of isn't that off-putting during a first dance? I or? don't shine it in their eyes. Um, it does come with. Well, well, you kind with, of have to shine it slightly there, otherwise you're gonna. No, the way that I do it, it does come with filters, right? Um, mm. Diffusers, but I've lost all of those. I think you gave me. I some. gave you a packet a couple of weeks ago. Have you I, lost those as well. Yeah, right, I've lost okay. them too. Are they in the bottom of your bag? <laughs> I don't know oh. where they are. But what, you need pockets in your bag. You really do. What I do, I'm sticking Velcro back in it. No, not Velcro. <laughs> Anything but Velcro. What I do with those, with that, is if they turn their head towards it, because I have it in my hand, I don't have it on the camera. Mm. I just tilt it, so I put it, I point it to my my chest. Right. So I don't, you know, I don't like when they're facing each other. Then I'll use it, and I only ever use it on the lowest level. 
um, and I'll shoot that. And you know, I, occasionally guests will look into it or something. So on the lowest level, what kind of ISO are you going to achieve with that when you're say two three meters away? Thirty two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Comfortably. Yeah. Very wide open with the aperture? Or? Yeah, absolutely wide open. Right. So 23, 1.4 lens, f1.4, continuous focus probably. Um, and I also will, I, I will nearly always, I always ask the DJ first whether it's a fast or a slow, a slow song. Right. I never ask him what song it is because if it's anything after about 1985, I won't have a clue. So I just say, <laughs> is it fast? Just tell me if it's fast Do or slow. Do you ask him if it's country music? Is it Glen Campbell? Yeah, well, if it's, if, it's a, if it's a good song, then I'll yeah. know it. Yeah, but if it's anything from... If it's Wichita Lineman, you'll know it. If um, if it's been in the hit parade, <clears throat> I probably won't won't understand it. Right. So, um, but I do ask him if it's going to be slow or fast because that tells me then if it's a slow song, I've got an opportunity with my fifty six. So I'll get my fifty six ready, um, f one point two. Get those nice deep kind of close ups, depth yeah, of field yeah, behind yeah. them. Um, I, I'll get a couple of those. I'll get a couple with the twenty three, and then I finish with the first dance. Then I'm more interested in the people watching them do the first dance. I you you know how many pictures do you need of the first dance? True. One? <laughs> oh, more than that. No, you don't, though, do you? One, one well, tells the story. They're going to do that. They're whisking around, yeah, looking okay. into each other's but eyes. If, if, they're doing, if they're doing, like, a fancy dance, yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. But but generally... Just, just the one. Yeah, generally. It's, it's what's-his-name, isn't it? That, that, um, uh, what's the singer who's... Um, Glenn Campbell? No, the one who's on all the time, all the first dances. I'm having a, I've still got Batman. Lady in Red, uh, Christopher. No, he doesn't anymore. No, new guy, orange hair, uh, ginger hair. Um, oh, um, oh, listen to the two of us. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Somebody, for God's sake, shout out an answer. Ah, it's always the same. Oh, story. it's him. Oh, Sam loves him. <laughs> The, the, yeah, I know. The sorry, we're not going to edit any of this until we because we're actually going to work this out. Because this, I mean, this. Let me. He's got lots of tattoos. <clears throat> Very good. I like him. Um, Singer with tattoos. I'm just feeling in. Um, that no, it's is always featured in first dance songs. Thirsty, you wrote thirsty. Um, Ed Sheeran. That's Ed Sheeran. It. Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Yes, Ed Sheeran. Not so, Glenn Campbell then. And uh, yeah, so that song, Ed Sheeran's Ed Sheeran. song, is always there, isn't Listen it? Listen to yeah. the two of us. You were the one that mentioned Hit Parade, Grandad, and now we can't <laughs> think of Ed Sheeran. <laughs> well, that's you what I only mean. hear him every single week. He was probably only born in about I don't know two weeks ago or something. I'll never have a clue. <laughs> you could be his dad, but I know that. Oh, I could definitely be his dad. I could probably be his granddad. <laughs> Um, but I do like that song, in fairness. But, yeah. but it, 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 not so much this year. But last year, it seemed to be every first dance was that, yeah, yeah. that Ed Sheeran song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I yeah. much prefer first dance songs, by the way, to be first dance songs. Please, please, if you're a bride or groom, don't do that thing that you think is really, really funny, where halfway through you get a scratch sound, and then you start doing some sort of big jump moves to something uptown function. Yeah, I, just don't do that. It doesn't. I'm. I, I cringe for you. I cringe in the same way about you doing that dance than, than Kevin feels about Velcro. I really do. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. I have to say, like when do it's you? when it's very different. Yeah, it's only happened a few times to me, but oh, when really? it's yeah, and and on both occasions I didn't know. To me, I'm dying inside. Mm. I'm thinking, please don't do that. Mm. But I, I will never say that, obviously. If a bride, I'm, I'm being late, really cautious now. It's too late because if a bride and groom yeah. said to me, "We're going to do this thing," I say, "That's a great idea. Yeah. I think that's amazing." Yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> um, so you would always rather use a Lumi Muse um, and have constant light than flash. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can control it. Yeah, to a degree. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a second part to Steve's question. Steve's question: It says, "Lastly, as a documentary type photographer, you won't have people pose. How do you deal with clients who love this type of photography, but also ask you to do posed family portraits for mm -hmm. the different groups of family members, blah blah blah, etc.? Do you just say no or to that, or do they, or, or what do they ask? Since it is, or do you just do it because it's their wedding? Mm. Um, and the answer basically comes down to branding. So I don't. It just very, very rarely happens. It's, it's." If anybody books me, it's very like unlikely that they're going to want any of that stuff mm. because the branding has done its job. However, it does happen on occasions. Uh, I had a wedding a few weeks ago and, and the mother of the groom um, was asking me, you know, when are we going to do all of the group shots and stuff? And the groom had already said to me, if my mum asks, just <laughs> say no. 
um, because they didn't want that. And uh, so, I, 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 you know, I will never say no to anybody mm. because ultimately I think that's rude. Mm. But I will, um, I will kind of diffuse the situation. So in that case, I just said, oh, well, you know what? Um, go and ask the groom and, uh, and you know, see what he says. Yeah. And then I, I went and hide in the toilet or something um but you know but but that's it because i don't want to i don't want her to feel uncomfortable um but at the same time i'm not going to do it you know it's it's not it's not that i'm not going to do it no, i no. will do it but i will say to the you know if if the bride and groom say a week before the wedding send me a whole load of group shots which has happened mm. you know i'll call them and just say look you know what i'm not going to not do this stuff for you but the trade-off is the trade-off is you yeah, won't get any of the things you booked me for, and also, you know, that's not my forte. No. You, you know, it's just not, and so you you decide, and it always always rattles itself down. I've measured this in my mind now to really be a twenty-minute, what I call a twenty-minute holiday or half-hour holiday at the, at the at the most in a wedding where those pictures take uh, place, because I have a slightly different attitude to you in this that I think. Um, that a portrait can be a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I agree with you. Photograph yeah. because um, it's a documentary. It's it's somebody was was there that day, that time, with mm-hmm. those clothes on. Yeah. And you know, Auntie Daphne, bless her heart, may not be with us forever, mm-hmm. but there she was, standing next to Mum, her sister. Yeah. And and there's a part of me that thinks that's an important um, storytelling process too. Yeah. Or do you not agree? No, I agree with you. Um, but you enjoy doing that element of stuff. No, I don't know if I enjoy doing it. I mean, I can do it. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I can't do it particularly well. I can do it, but it's functional rather than artistic. And you well, know, I don't you, think I'd, I'd see it as artistic. I mean, I stand people in and fold them forty-five degree inward, yeah, and but make you, make sure slightly larger people are positioned more carefully. Yeah, being careful how I say that. See, I, I don't really think that way. I, you know, you you talk about Auntie Josie or whoever you just said, and you know, she's not going to be here forever, and that's true. But would they? Well, you're taking this portrait of Auntie Josie in her in a nice floral dress or whatever. Um, you know, I'd rather be taking pictures of other Auntie Josies while they're cracking up laughing yeah. or picking yeah, their yeah, nose yeah, or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, and, and it's a preference. And it would be, and I've said this a million times, this is my black eye statement, it would be a boring world if we were all the same. Absolutely. Um, but really, to answer Stephen's question, it does come down to branding. It's, it's, it's not something that happens at the wedding. It's something that happens during the client acquisition mm. segment. Mm. And, you know, as much as the website and the branding is there to attract people, it's also there to push people away. So I don't want people, uh, I don't want to waste people's time and no. people don't want to waste my time. So, you know, it's 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 that, basically. Well, we're talking about branding. I think that's important with websites as well. If you are, uh, you know, a jack-of-all-trades website, then, uh, you know, you're, you're going to attract a very different kind of client to your to your website, which is very, very much straight straight and very honest about what it is isn't it yeah I think there's so. no pictures of dresses hanging up there's no pictures of shoes or rings balanced precariously but, on but on you cake. know no there, there isn't but there would be if those dresses were hung up or you know whatever was there as i got to the room uh, i would take that picture of mm-hmm. course i would but i i'm not going to be moving those things and setting them up and hanging up God no. blimey, I would never touch a wedding dress. I would break it. It would just cr- crumble in my hands. I know it would. <laughs> You'd throw it in your dodgy old it, it bag. Would, <laughs> it would just turn black instantly. <laughs> I have, do you know, I've done exactly that. I've, somebody asked me to take a wedding dress to do a, this is years and years ago, to do a picture with it, and I dropped it. No, see, I, I, dro- it. I dropped it, not just on, on nice polished wooden floor, I dropped it outside um, in the dirt. No, see, so yeah. that's it. I no. brushed it off and then pretended I'd been nowhere near it. No, <laughs> no, no. I'll never do that again. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to give Stephen my strap actually Good. today. Um, Camera strap to you, sir, from Simpler Straps. Yeah, Stephen Bodeayato. Well, well done. Well done. This next one's from Ed Sheeran. Um, <laughs> it's, the, it's from Carlis. 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 I think. Question of the week for me as well. I'm I'm going straight for the simpler strap with this one as well. Longer podcast, please, chaps, if you dare. Really love the podcast. Um, well, maybe not love, but thoroughly enjoy. <laughs> uh, thanks for underlining that. When you announced it, I was sceptical. I couldn't imagine you'd have content for more than three or four episodes, but it turns out you guys have. <laughs> um, anyway, I have a question, a topic idea, actually, and this is why um, I mean, we're not so much doing topics anymore, but I'm still giving you the strap for this question. 
um, because really the questions, as has just been proved, um, often turn into their own mini topics. Could you guys please explain why photography books? Um, I know this might sound weird, but what is their magic? What's the extra value you get from books, guys? In an era when almost everything is available online, including deep analysis of all the big-name photographers, you're you're right, yes, that's true, and their work, what actually is the appeal of a photo book? Now, I'm going to defer this. I'm batting this back, Wimbledon style, straight towards... Kevin, because you have a you've started a really nice collection of books. I have, I love them, I adore them, um, and it's interesting. I had a I, I I was in Dubai a few years ago, and I was speaking to the the lady. I forget her name now, but she is the woman, who Mrs. Sheeran, curates. <laughs> she's the Edna uh, Sheeran. She's the curator for Magnum. Oh um, right, no, she's not Sheeran. No, um, French lady, I think she was. Right. And and I actually want, we were on a forum together, and one of the questions from the the audience was, you know, do you think that by digitising everything and you know the the Magnum Instagram and Magnum Online and all of that kind of stuff, is that going to stop people going to see exhibitions and buy books and and everything like that? Yeah. And 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 I had a conversation with her afterwards about that question, and and she was she was saying that no, because you 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 know it's very true that there's this tactile. Ability. You know, you love the smell of a book. You love the feel of the pages. Yeah. I like reading the words. You're right about the smell. I smell books. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I thought I was the only one that did that. Very weird. Right. No, but no, you're not weird. I mean, you, it, they do smell. They do have a nice smell, print smell and stuff. And um, But, you know, just being able to sit down, put, you know, leave the phone in the kitchen, pull a book off the shelf and sit down and flick through the pages Uh, it's so uh cathartic it's just a beautiful thing to do and and also they're an investment because they do go up in value you know if you i I specifically look for first editions um and you can get them if you buy them new they're they're retail price but you can get them later on and some of the some of the first editions you know that i have are worth a lot more than i purchased from them not that they're necessarily there for me to collect and then sell on later on but it's you know it's like buying a record isn't it you can listen to everything on spotify but people people are buying records all the time i have my favorite records just down there i've only got a a small collection of them but they are my absolute favorites ed sheeran uh, he's in there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, got his whole collection. <laughs> well, he's only got one song, isn't he? All right. Is <laughs> no, no, I, that's bad because I do actually like Ed Sheeran and, and I like his live stuff. It's become the Ed Sheeran conversation. Yeah, this one, isn't yeah, it? yeah. But no, so the books thing is, uh, I, no, it's it's really important. It's mm. it's um, you know, and I like actually sitting down without. Not some, Rosa doesn't seem to be that interested so much, but Albie likes to, to flick through some of the pictures. Yeah, our kids love stuff, their you know. their yearbooks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got talking of yearbooks. My Rosa's leaving school this year, and they, they've asked me to go in and take some candid stuff of their last day in school or one of the last days in school so I'm looking forward to doing that so I can put on my website uh, yearbook photographer (laughs) (laughs) that could be a whole new day in the life thing coming up it was an interesting conversation I had about books um, with the rep from GF Smith a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. um, Neil Hodder who came in and um, we were having a um, a dialogue really about about, you know the the, the idea of, of photographers actually not engaging themselves in much uh, as much in books as they used to. I think that's a thing across the, uh, that's across the industry. Yeah. But the interesting thing was that the photographers will sit a client down, show them mm-hmm. a wedding book, mm-hmm. but then not actually sell them one. Mm-hmm. And that to me seems odd. Yeah. At odds with itself. But you know what the problem here is? The problem is one of economics, not one of um, acceptance of books. People love books. Photographers love books, like mm. wedding albums. But I feel that a lot of them are uh, conscious of the fact that, you know, if you if you go to the, the true rules of economics that you charge three times the amount of a product, a third for profit, a third for the product itself, and a third yeah. for tax. Yeah. And if a book is costing you as the photographer, let's say, £300, you know, and you're offering a book for £900 to a client mm. and actually you're selling your wedding photography package for £1,000. Who's going to yeah, double the fee? I get that. It's not going to happen. And, you know, people are generally, gen- genuinely as the, uh, the you know, the, the, the equilibrium of pricing in the wedding photography industry specifically I'm talking about has been pushed down. The value, perceived value of physical products is being um, is being eradicated because the base price is lower. So, you know, you can sell a wedding book and do it at a cost price or just a little bit above cost price or, or double the price or whatever. 
But people are less inclined to do that now because yeah. they are, you know, and of course it's a digital world we live in now. And, you know, you just wouldn't get away with not giving digital images. You, I, I feel you would just go out of business. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that the whole thing about the book, more people, uh, and I include myself in this, uh, you know, m- I'm more concerned about selling the wedding, getting the book in, booking with a G on the end, rather than getting the book in. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we got that. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and uh, which is sad, but that's 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 the industry. That's the way it is. Yeah, I do. I I I do try to push books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love books, and I really want that book to be out there because that's um, it's got marketing value to you. Mm-hmm. If that book is out there, it's got marketing value. That CD or sorry, Grandad, that USB in the cupboard has got absolutely no marketing value mm. at all. Yeah. Um, interesting. What do you say to people when they when when you talk about a book price? Because off, I've I've got my own little um, thing that I say now when when somebody balks at this idea of spending four fifty five six seven hundred pounds um. on a book, I, I call it the um, um, the chair cover syndrome. Um, I always say, have you got, at your wedding, have you got chair covers? Invariably, the answer will always be yes. And I know that they're spending four fifty, five hundred pounds maybe more, depending upon the, the amount of chairs at, at a wedding. Yeah. They've got chair covers. I'm saying, well, there we go. There is, okay, the book's a little bit more expensive, but there's a book that's going to last 25, 30, 40, 50 years, yeah. maybe longer. Yeah. Okay. Or you can sit everybody's backsides on something that they're not going to see for the whole day. Yeah, their bottoms will see it. They won't see it. Yeah, there's your choice. It's a really good point. You know, I, I'm going to try. I, I, I'm fast forward. I'm visioning my next wedding meeting now. <laughs> I'm going to sit there with my nice like two thousand pound book, and I'm going to say to them, "Now, have you got chair covers?" <laughs> and they're probably just going to say, "No." <laughs> okay. And then I'll be stuck. Yeah. Then that falls well, apart. What do you say then? Yeah. No, you're, you're a bit scuppered <laughs> at that point. Uh, but no, that it's a really good point. Really good point. I mean. You know, let's let's face it. People spend more on flowers. It's, it's not, by the way, just some some sort of point I'm making because because I'm I'm trying to um, hawk books. No, no I mean, yeah, I'm trying to sell a book. I'm a businessman, but I genuinely believe I want to get them out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, that's psychological. Not marketing. just for marketing it's, either. It's, yeah, yeah. No, I agree yeah. totally. I mean, I I never brand my albums. No, there's no name. My name is not on any. But of that's them. your legacy. It's not. I don't. I don't see it that way. I don't want when they, you know, when they have this book in fifty years time or whatever, and they sat down with their kids or yeah, grandkids yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't want them even necessarily to to be reminded of me. I just want them to go straight into the pictures. Yeah, you know, that's it. And I, I totally appreciate what you're saying and agree with you, yeah. but. I just uh, and plus it costs twelve pound fifty to have your name put on an album. But <laughs> <laughs> a sticker inside. Have you ever heard of the photographer called Albert Smythe? I don't think so. Albert Smythe. I don't think so, no. Should I tell you why I know his name? Yeah, no, go Because he photographed my mother and father's wedding in 1962. Ah, oh, you showed me this picture, though. And his name is in the back of the book. Yeah. And my mother and father are both dead now. Yeah. But I remember Albert Smythe. Yeah, but that's fair enough. That's but, his gift to my, my family. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, no, I totally appreciate that. I get that. Um, but, you know... Uh, if you didn't have that name, no. would your life be any different? No, it wouldn't. Would you? But then there's so your, many other things that wouldn't be affected. Would by your not mind? Yeah, but I know how your mind works. You see, and you're very an emotional person. Yeah, so you're yeah, making that yeah. connection and stuff. And so, have you? You know, I'll be a bit brutal here. Have you wasted thought time thinking about this man, Albert? 50, please don't listen to him. Fifty years ago, up there in the sky, he doesn't mean this. <laughs> he's probably up there going, "It's Smith. It's Smith. No, it's it's got a, a silent, Y in it. It's, it's a, a silent Y." y. Yeah. <laughs> no good point. I get what yeah. you're saying. No, no, no. I know, but I also appreciate what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and and let's th- agree to disagree. Ultimately, we should. The whole industry should sell more wedding books and we should all sniff more photo books. <laughs> that sounded weird. <laughs> right, well, blimey, we've really gone for it in the second part. Do you want to squeeze one more short question in there and then that's it for the week? And uh, then, yeah. And then next week, Ralu's asking the questions. Yeah, OK. Um, I will do very quickly then. Uh, you put me on the hook here. Um, my question, this is from Peter van Steenwinkel from Antwerp in you Belgium. You made that name up. Um, no, everybody has such cool names. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Disappointed That's myself. a musician's name. Um, I reckon when I was born, my mum went, "Let's make it yeah. the worst boring possible name." But at least you didn't have. didn't get trouble in the in the in the playground. Mm. A name oh. like Mullins is never going to land you in trouble. No, but there was all there was Kevin the gerbil when I was a kid. Oh, mm. Mm. remember him? Yeah. 
Uh, I believe and know from experience that a great way to develop one's photography is to participate in workshops. Following a workshop with a photographer that has a style that matches your own or is the direction in which you wish to evolve seems to be the obvious choice. But how about doing a workshop with a photographer with a totally different style, maybe even one that doesn't appeal to you? So not talking about landscapes versus portrait, but really style. Uh, would like to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, own experiences maybe. Really, really interesting. And I totally agree with him. Uh, workshops, definitely. I mean, obviously, you and I both both have a business running workshops. Um, I attend workshops. Uh, I know Neil attends workshops also. But I, I, um, there's a there's a, a a really really wonderful photographer in Italy called Sara Lando, and uh, she's actually a food film ex photographer, but that's irrelevant. And she does this. I don't know how she calls it, what she describes it as. Um, can you bring up her Instagram on here? Sara Lando, L A N D O. D O. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, there we go. So photography, photography and pretty, and pretty things. things yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, uh, oh, I love that artistic front page straight away. Yeah, That's me. That really is. It's photography and collages and a bit odd though. Art. There's a dead moth on the front page. Yeah, but look, yeah. burnt burnt paper. Yeah. Um, wow, and look at this. She does have a catch. Oh, if you go and do anything today, um, Sarah Lando, S A R A. L-A-N-D-O dot com. Definitely yeah. go visit this site. Wow, look at this stuff. It's incredible. Whoa. And um, if you pop to her Instagram page. All right, okay. Um, so I'll under, um, just it's, it's at the bottom. You can just link there. There, there, there. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Um, and uh, Hole in the Fabric. That's her Instagram. Yeah, there we go. Hole in the Fabric. Look at this stuff. And It's, it's amazing. It's it, it, it's pure art and I absolutely adore it and I adore her she's a, she's a wonderful person wonderful photographer and a wonderful educator yeah. and she is on my list this is the workshop I want to go to one day oh wow um, and uh, you know she 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 really has a good her message when I've seen her speak at conferences and events is not about photography and the technique and everything she's got some film, films on here as well hasn't she it's about vision it's just vision Okay, let me press this film thing then. Bye. Bye. Oh, sorry, that doesn't do much. You had to see the pictures to understand yeah, that bit. Yeah, it didn't really make any difference. <clears throat> no. Um, but it is wonderful. So, Sara Lando, S-A-R-A-N-L-A-N-D-O, Italian photographer, and her husband, I met her husband a couple of times as well, he's a really nice guy, Alessandro. Oh, cool name. Yeah, of course. Sara and Alessandro. Uh, and uh, yeah so that's what I want to do and so I, I totally agree with you um, Peter that workshops and not necessarily in the style you I mean I think that's important too of yeah. course but not necessarily in the style you want to do um, and you sometimes go just to get a, a, a vision of other people's vision if you like yeah yeah thank you very much for all your questions I found Kevin the gerbil Look, do you remember well of course, of course you remember I remember him. Yeah. rep fans do you remember oh that's his just... he had a, actually had a single this was his single Summer holiday. <laughs> Did they used to sing this to you in the playground? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh. That is it for another week. Thank you very much Indeed. for for joining us um, on the Fuji Cast. Uh, we'll do payoffs first, then we'll do all our thank yous. Um, this week's payoff for Kevin is going to have to be Rosa because you still don't have uh, Gemma's version. Do you? My dad's Instagram is Kevin Mullins Photography. See his films on YouTube at Documentary Eye. His website is kevinmullinsphotography.co.uk. Or for street workshops, training, and everything Fuji Film, go to F6. I, um, I'm going to embarrass my younger son now because uh, see that, that room behind you over there? That's the loo, isn't it? Okay, mm-hmm. That's the studio mm-hmm. loo. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds disgusting as that close to the microphone, but um, young Thomas was in there the other day and he was listening to me editing last week's um, podcast and he heard Jack, his brother, he said, why aren't you featuring my one? I said, well... So, um, here we go. Here we go. This is your one. My dad's Instagram is Neil James. See his films on YouTube at Neil James Photo. His website is neiljames.com for pictures and one to one mentoring. And you can hear his other photography podcast, which is called Breathe Pictures, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget his name is spelled N E A L E. Thank you to our friends at Simpler Straps, S I M P L R dot US for the straps that we've given away this week 
next week very special uh, Ralu Chase is going to be here um, she is a phenomenally good photographer love her work and she won a competition to come and be uh, a co-presenter on the show ask as many questions as she wants uh, plus I think if we've got any of yours as well so I'm really looking forward to that and we should do another one of those shouldn't we mm. yeah absolutely yeah 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 they're the lifeblood of the show you know <laughs> lifeblood of the show Ed Sheeran <laughs> camera bag ruiner velcro Kevin the gerbil <laughs> right fans I'm not coming next week <laughs>